0: emergency back-to-school encore presentation of the Anchored City podcast. Almost exactly a year ago, we brought you the story of Anchorage School District students that live in the Diamond Estates trailer park. Those students live the furthest of any students in the district from their neighborhood schools. The elementary school, Clatt, is nearly 4 miles away. The middle school, Goldenview, is a whopping 9 miles from their homes, and the high school south is a distance of 7 miles. Diamond Estates was zoned this way on purpose so that the district could avoid having schools with little or no diversity. The distances that the youth in my neighborhood travel to for school has been inequitable for years, but in light of the current bus driver shortage, the distance to school has become a matter of discrimination. Starting today, the first day of school, there'll be no busing for Diamond Estates students for three weeks. After the first three weeks, half of the neighborhood will receive busing while the other half will wait an additional three weeks for their turn for busing. Busing in the district will be on a three week rotation based on cohorts. This system leaves the estimated 160 elementary school students from Diamond Estates stranded from school. It also disadvantages the middle school and high school students that travel even further. The idea is that parents will drive students to school, but in an economically challenged neighborhood, this is not much of a reality. We at the Anchored City Podcast see the busing situation in Anchorage as school opens as an emergency. It's a true disaster for kids who live a long ways from their school, like those in Diamond Estates. So here's our encore presentation of A Long Drive to School, a trailer park in its school zoning from last September. We hope that you'll give it a listen. We hope even more that you'll contact the Anchorage School District and voice your concern and displeasure about the busing situation in Anchorage feel free to also express your displeasure about discriminatory zoning. A link to the contact info for the school board is in the show description. Now on to this emergency encore episode of the Anchorage City Podcast. The Anchored City Podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Denaina Athabascan people.
1: I have heard the oldest stories that the wisest man never told. And I cast aside my worries And just went digging for gold And I will scale the highest mountains Looking for the bluest blue But of all the roads I'll ever walk I
0: just can't have you Welcome to the Anchored City Podcast. I'm your host Joel Keeganfeld. In the summer of 1970, in the classified section of the Anchorage Daily Times, ads began running inviting readers to watch and wait for the Diamond Estates Mobile Home Park. By late November, the ads had switched to reading Now Open. In the December 19, 1970 edition of the Times, A short article titled, Mobile Home Park Has Large Recreation Room, was printed on page 6. Under the picture of two men playing pool in the recreation hall, the article read, in part, Diamond Estates, Anchorage's newest mobile home park, features a large recreation facility. The park, with 539 spaces, is one of the largest in Alaska and only the third in the western U.S. to be developed with FHA inspection and mortgage guarantee. It features underground utilities, washateria, ice rink, the recreation building, paved streets, playgrounds, tennis and basketball courts, fenced storage areas, landscaping, and snow removal. Individual lots are 4,500 square feet. Certain areas in the park are reserved for families without small children, while other areas are designed with the younger set in mind. The next day, the Anchorage Daily News ran an article in the Sunday Business Page about Diamond Estates. That article, too, touted the FHA inspections and mortgage guarantees. It also heralded the park as one of the largest mobile home parks in Alaska and quoted the owners as saying that the new park was one of the newest and most modern in Anchorage. Cited to support those claims were the underground utilities, separate family areas, and location which was chosen for its unobstructed views of the Chugach Mountains. All of this was in an effort to, quote, achieve the aim of making mobile home living as convenient and comfortable as the most luxurious housing developments. 36 years after Diamond Estates opened, it became my home. 50 years later, Diamond Estates still has over 500 spaces, underground utilities, paved streets, a park, fenced storage areas, landscaping, and snow removal. The Chugach Mountains still stand in the distance. The recreation building is still around, but nobody plays pool there anymore because it's permanently closed. Gone too are the tennis and basketball courts, the washateria, the ice rink, and the separate family areas. In all honesty, it's a pretty nice mobile home park and it's been a wonderful place to raise our family, but nowadays no one would confuse it for a luxurious housing development. The main, entrance to Diamond St- the main entrance to Diamond Estates is near the corner of Diamond Boulevard and Minnesota Drive. That intersection is an interesting nexus of school zoning. Standing in that spot, you are at the convergence of four elementary school zones. To the northwest is Chinook Elementary, 1.4 miles away. To the southwest is Bayshore Elementary, two miles away. To the northeast is Campbell Elementary, 1.6 miles away, and to the southeast is Clatt Elementary, 3.3 miles away. Diamond Estates is located at the southeastern corner of the intersection, and thus is in the Clatt Elementary School Zone. I'm fully aware that the discussion of school zoning doesn't make for a great podcast, but stick with me here. You might have noticed something when I was talking about the four school zones you can drive through at the intersection of Diamond Boulevard, and Minnesota Drive. The children, from Diamond Estates, who are in the Clatt Elementary School Zone attend a school that's up to twice the distance away from their home as the three other schools. What makes this more interesting is that if you travel east down Diamond Boulevard to the next intersection, the corner of Diamond Boulevard and Arctic Boulevard, you are no longer in the Clatt School Zone. The reason for this is that the northern boundary of the Clatt School Zone runs only a third of a mile down Diamond Boulevard. The eastern boundary does not even run down a street, but is an invisible line that connects with Diamond Boulevard near the Diamond Greenhouse. The line deftly avoids the neighborhood south of Diamond by running behind the backyards of the houses along Ainge Street, and in a similar way threads the needle between the backyards of the trailers of Diamond Estates and the homes along 88th Avenue. It is clear from looking at school district boundary maps that Diamond Estates has been purposefully carved out between the Bayshore and the Taku school zones. What makes the lines even more interesting is the fact that the trailer park sits at the far north end of the Clat zone, while the rest of the zone is at the extreme south end. In between is a large amount of mostly undeveloped land that extends around a mile between C Street and Minnesota Drive. All of this means that the children of Diamond Estates are bused 3.7 miles to their neighborhood school, despite being closer to five other elementary schools, some of which aren't even in adjoining zones. The distance traveled to school increases as the students progress through school. For junior high, Diamond Estates residents ride over nine miles to Golden View Middle School. Despite being only two miles from Mears Junior High, and 3.5 from Hanshee. For high school, the youth in my neighborhood go to South Anchorage High, seven miles away, rather than Diamond High School, which is less than a mile and a half from their homes. You might wonder why this is. And if you do, you're not alone. After the break, we'll dive into how school zoning for Diamond Estates got this way.
1: And with all those lessons learned with the crazy long life That I lived already And the scars I earned I still can't seem To find the answers And though the questions I never knew But loving you Just once Was worth it Even if I I can't
0: Clatt Elementary opened in 1983, and Diamond Estates has been part of that school's zone ever since. Clatt was built to ease overcrowding in South Anchorage Elementary schools. New schools, and the changes in boundary lines that accompany them, are often the source of frustration in the community, and I'm sure there were passionate speeches and strong feelings as Clatt was proposed, built, and opened. However, it's the opening of a different school I'd like to consider. As the 21st century dawned, the Anchorage School District proposed a new high school in South Anchorage. On Tuesday, January 21, 2003, the Anchorage Daily News ran an article titled, High School Boundaries on the Move, with the subtitle, Balancing Numbers in South Anchorage Will Irk Some Students and Parents. In that article, there's a clue to why the district lines are drawn the way that they are. The article reads, A task force of district employees, students, and parents drew the proposed boundaries. One reason for the lines is stated as, quote, to make sure students with varying racial backgrounds attend all three schools. The schools in question are the three high schools located in South Anchorage, Diamond, Service, and South. The reason makes a lot of sense in my experience. In observing the youth at our neighborhood school during the years that my daughters attended them, it appears to me that Klatt was 50% white and 50% not white, with most of the diversity coming from the trailer park. At Golden View, the breakdown appeared to be about one-third youth of color and two-thirds white. And by high school, the percentages looked more like 25-75, with nearly all of the diversity coming from Diamond Estates. My gut feeling, based on those observations, was, well, wrong. Based on the 2020-2021 ASD Ethnicity Report, Klatt Elementary stands at 16% white, 84% non-white. In that reality, imagine trying to communicate to students why non-white students are considered a minority and then expecting them to do well with percentages in math class. Golden View is 62% white, 38% non-white, and South High is 65% white. 35% non-white. While my gut feeling was wrong in terms of the numbers, the effect is still the same. Elementary school students in my neighborhood are in a pretty diverse school. But as they get bused further away for junior high and high school, it seems to be in an effort to increase or even provide the diversity those schools need in order to, as the newspaper article reported, make sure students with varying racial backgrounds attend all three schools. On the district website, ASD touts its diversity with stats like minority students comprise more than 50% of the student population, or that there's 110 languages spoken in the district. Recent work by UAA professor Chad Farrell, based on the 2010 census, shows that Anchorage has the three most diverse high schools, four most diverse junior highs, and 19 most diverse elementary schools in the entire country. Yet the young people from Diamond Estates get on a bus to go to the least diverse junior high and high school in Anchorage. To be clear here, Chugiak High is the least diverse high school in the district, and Mirror Lake the least diverse junior high. But both of those schools, while part of the municipality, are outside of the city of Anchorage. In the midst of a diverse district, the youth in my neighborhood, which itself is very diverse, are bused further than any other students in the city to provide diversity for majority white schools. Viewing numbers isn't a great story, so thank you for sticking in there if you've made it this far. So let me switch to a few stories I've collected over the years to drive the point home. The Diamond Estates neighborhood sends two full busloads of kids to elementary school each day. At the bus stop that's 50 feet out my front door, only two of those students are white. This is no different than 10 or 15 years ago, when my daughter told me one day after school that she and her friend and another boy were the only white kids on her junior high bus. I had to inform her that the boy was Hispanic. The same daughter relayed to me stories of the bus coming from the trailer park being labeled the Ghetto Bus by students from the more well-to-do Golden View and South neighborhoods. And students were often taken aback when my daughter would state that the Ghetto Bus was her bus since her European heritage didn't fit the stereotype of who rode that bus. A young Hmong friend of ours once told us while attending Golden View, no one on the staff at my school is Asian, except the janitor. A friend of mine who worked at the Anchorage School District for years passed along a story to me that some of the parents that were irked about those boundary changes back in 2003 were passionately opposed to having those kids from the trailer park come to their school. And if that sounds racist, I assure you that it is. Numerous times I've driven youth to school when they've missed the bus because it's just too far to walk. My wife and I often drove kids to or from extracurricular activities. In fact, at one point someone gave us a van because we were driving kids so often. I also heard many kids choose not to do after-school activities and sports because they didn't know how they'd get home in light of school being four, seven, or nine miles away from home. Don't get me wrong here. Clat. Golden View, and South are great schools and a huge opportunity for the youth in our neighborhood academically. I have met and know awesome teachers from each of those places who have gone the extra mile for students in my neighborhood. I'm in no way saying that these schools are bad for our youth, but they are separated from our neighborhood in a number of ways, both physical and not physical. Superstar rapper Jay-Z in his book Decoded writes of his growing up years The burden of poverty isn't just that you don't always have the things that you need. It's the feeling of being embarrassed every day of your life. And you'd do anything to lift that burden. Despite the founders of Diamond Estates having the desire to make mobile home living as convenient and comfortable as the most luxurious housing developments, let's be honest, many live in trailer parks because they can't afford to live on the hillside or some other more expensive neighborhood and that makes me wonder about the burden the youth in my neighborhood invisibly carry along with their backpack to the bus stop each day. When you live further from your school than the vast majority of students in the city, maybe further than any others, a message is sent, intentional or unintentional, and the physical distance creates a barrier to access and participation. When you step on the bus daily to be transported out of your neighborhood to schools where you're often stereotyped or tokenized, there has to be an effect. Placing youth in a daily situation where they know who has and who doesn't in a culture obsessed with what you have just reinforces the embarrassment of poverty. But the tide is changing. The Diamond Estates neighborhood and Clatt Elementary School is one place in Anchorage where things are becoming the way they are supposed to be for all people. Join me next time to hear how. The Anchored City Podcast is grateful for our partner this season, Kaladi Brothers Coffee. Kaladi's is a catalyst for community. Stop into one of their 17 cafes in Anchorage, across Alaska, and in Seattle, or check them out at kaladi.com. That's K A L A D I.com. We are also grateful for a grant from Resonate Global Mission and a partnership with Street Psalms, both of which contribute to making this podcast possible. And we are grateful for you, our listeners. If you are grateful for what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and recommend us to your friends. You can support this podcast by selecting the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative at smile.amazon.com when you shop at Amazon, so that when you make a purchase, Amazon donates to us. Resources used to make this episode can be found in the show details. The Anchorage City Podcast is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the Collaborative is to train the head, hearts, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean a desire to see a world where all things are the way they're supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org or on social media at Anchorage UTC. Our theme music is by Anchorage's own, Monica Lightner.